Hello and welcome to another episode of NICE Talks. I'm Matthew Brown, part of the media relations team at NICE. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the review currently taking place into NICE's processes for health technology evaluation. I'm Jen Prescott. I'm a Programme Director in the Centre for Health Technology Evaluation at NICE. I am responsible for the process and operations within the centre and I'm leading on the process review. We've categorised the, the changes that we'd like to, to make to the, the processes for health technology evaluation within NICE into four key themes. So the first one is around alignment of our processes for developing guidance and that particularly links into the fact that we have uh, four key guidance development programs that's the diagnostics assessment program the medtech evaluation program highly specialized technologies program and technology appraisals and over time as these programs have all operated independently they have all almost grown up slightly differently and started to create slightly separate and different processes each uh, whilst all trying to to meet the same objective which is is guidance development the main area of alignment is really to try to offer the opportunity to bring everything back together again in a single simplified process but also ensure that our our stakeholders also get a very similar experience never mind the process that you're working with or the team that you're working with we recognize that our stakeholders can operate across all of the different programs and to have such a different experience depending on which program you're working with is isn't acceptable and we want to make sure that the service that we offer is as consistent as possible the second theme is around new ways of working or new processes that we would like to propose and this is around trying to find areas of continuous improvement new process developments for efficiencies, increasing the service and the level of uh, quality and experience that our stakeholders have. But what it should also do, and this is uh, articulated in the consultation document, is offer the opportunity to reflect on current processes that we, we offer what works, what doesn't work, uh, what has got results and what doesn't quite get the results that we'd had anticipated when originally setting up the processes. And we've highlighted that particularly with the technical engagement step, but also with um, some of our fast track appraisal processes. The third area is a little bit of a mixture of the alignment piece, new processes, but it's also a bit of housekeeping in our commercial and managed access landscape. We need to reflect the fact that there are a lot of changes that have happened. This space has evolved quite rapidly in the past couple of years. And this is an opportunity for us to be able to clearly um, articulate how this area works in terms of the process and how we develop guidance. But it's also offering new processes, new options that we'd like to explore in the commercial and the managed access setting. And then the final theme is the HST criteria. And you might think this is probably more topic selection rather than guidance production, but the two are intrinsically linked. The consultation document doesn't necessarily articulate the criteria in any specific detail, but what we're trying to do in the consultation is highlight the direction of travel that we want to go in with the highly specialised technologies programme. We want to make sure our stakeholders are aware of and agree with the, the vision and the underlying principles and what that programme is, is trying to achieve. And hopefully from that, the criteria for selection for that programme will be born. 
My name is Eric Lowe from Eric Lowe Consulting. Uh, in a past life, I was CEO of a patient organisation called Myeloma UK. Do you think the processes that NICE uses to develop its guidance on medicines, medical devices, diagnostics and digital health technologies work well? The short answer is yes. Uh, I guess the long answer is there's always room for improvement. I think that there is lots of uh, processes involved across the medicines, medical devices, diagnostics and digital health technology uh, appraisal processes, and they're all at different stages in their evolution. So from a medicines perspective, I think they've been around for 20 years. So they feel to me to be much more evolved than, for example, digital or diagnostics, where I think they both appear to me to be at their early stages and probably require more more work and more evolution than the medicines guidance processes. But I think that they work well. I think it's also incumbent upon the different stakeholders that participate in these processes to commit to them, understand them and adapt to them. Because you can have the best processes in the world, but if the other stakeholders who are participating in them aren't adequately contributing to them, listening to them, participating in them and not doing their bit, then they won't work. And I think for me, over many years, NICE has had some unfair criticism of its processes. But when you take a step back from it and figure out, well, what's causing that, it's often not NICE. It's it's the participation of industry, for example, in these processes, asking for delays or not coming with the right evidence or not willing to offer up a a discount, for example, that's enough to get under the cost-effective threshold, causing delays. So I think that, you know, for me, yeah, room for improvement, but overall the processes have worked really, really well. So Jen, what is the biggest difference that stakeholders will notice if these proposals are implemented? I think what stakeholders will see is lots of incremental changes in the the full end-to-end process. But what we're hoping is the changes will ensure we can continue to develop a a good quality service and a, a good experience for our vast array of stakeholders. We want a process that stakeholders can depend on. They see it as valuable. It's reliable. It's credible and at times defendable, thinking about resolution and appeal. But ultimately, that shouldn't have a detrimental impact on flexibility. We need to be able to speed up and slow down processes. So we need to be flexible, agile and responsive to differing needs of assessment. And Eric, where do you believe the areas NICE could improve its processes? But I think taking a systems approach. So I I really like the concept of health technology management. I've, I've always said that HTE needs to expand its its reach. Um, For me, it almost sits equidistant between demand and supply. So therefore, rather than just be at a point in time in a continuum, they actually needs to reach backwards to influence and almost co-create evidence with developers, and then actually leap forward and think about how do we work with the health system to optimize our guidance in the real world on the understanding that what suppliers generally do are regulatory trials, answering questions for the regulator. It's not about answering research questions that the health system, clinicians and patients need in the real world. So for me, there's there's a sort of post nice guidance strategy about how do we optimize medicines in real world clinical practice so that we've got state of the art pathways and not what I would describe as consequential pathways which appear randomly on the basis of this regulatory guidance coming through the system. 
So what's really encouraging for me is this sort of systems approach um, that, that, that MICE will now take to sort of, you know, go back in time and think about how they can help generate the evidence and then go forwards and help the health system work towards a state-of-the-art treatment pathways. There's other things around clarifying the HST criteria that I think has been long needed. The criteria have not been unclear to me, and I'm surprised that they are unclear. And I think that there's been confusion between rare and highly specialised. So something that's rare isn't necessarily highly specialised. You can get rare types of cancer, but they're not highly specialised. They're not seen in specialist centres. They're seen across the whole gambit. They're often not lifelong use. They're often not chronic. So I think that we need to be clearer around what do we mean by highly specialised? It doesn't just mean rare. It means all these other things as well. And therefore, there, there might be some products for rare disease populations that go into TA, and necessarily so. So getting that, that, that clarity, I think, will be really, really powerful. And keeping in mind that as you move through different at stages of cancer, you may start with a large population of patients, and by the time you get to relapsed refractory disease, you may have a very small number of patients, sometimes smaller than in a highly specialized scenario, but that doesn't mean to say it's highly specialized. So we desperately need this uh, clarity and really looking forward to that. I think the other exciting thing at strategic level is this prospect of an account manager. Again, it's something that I and others have been calling for for many years, is almost one person to work with all the stakeholders from beginning to end of an appraisal process. And I think that's an important contribution to more of an iterative process. And certainly it supports the philosophy or the goal of having one committee meeting where we can, in a stepwise fashion, think about how we address all of the issues, the uncertainties, and the commercial aspects way ahead of that committee meeting. These are just a few, and they're very high level, but I think structurally, these will be really transformative steps forward. Jen, why is now the right time for NICE to be proposing these changes? Oh, now is absolutely the right time. Even just reflecting on the, the importance of NICE's key emerging strategy and the fact that we've we've highlighted in there that um, one of the key pillars of that is rapid and robust and responsive technical evaluation and making sure that the processes that underpin that is vitally, vitally important. We can couple at this moment in time with the methods review and create a, a single product that helps our stakeholders understand what health technology evaluation at NICE is and when, where and how they can also be involved and, and make a difference. Eric, as someone who has been involved as a stakeholder in your previous role as Chief Executive of Myeloma UK, are you pleased that NICE is ensuring that the needs of the patient and the NHS are front of and centre in our activities? Absolutely, to the extent that they can be, because obviously while we're all aligned around patient outcomes, in reality, it's also about economics, it's about budget impact, it, it's about all kinds of things. So sometimes you can lose sight of patients in that maelstrom of different things that need to happen within the context of a health technology appraisal and all the different stakeholders and people that you need to kind of satisfy. It's very complex and very challenging, and sometimes it's difficult to see 
where the patient is in all of that. However, it's really important to understand that the HTA part is part of a system. And therefore, the voice of patients needs to be clearer, louder, and more evidence-based in evidence generation. So as CEO of a patient organization, and as somebody who's on the board of, kind of several organizations, it's really important that patient organizations understand the full breadth of what HTA means. In addition to focusing some of that, that activity on pushing nice to do certain things, they have to get involved in evidence generation, you know, because rubbish in, rubbish out. So the patient advocacy needs to focus in on evidence developers and say, look, it's not appropriate that you do a single arm phase two study in oncology just to satisfy the FDA. You must also do evidence development. It means that in countries like the UK or the Nordics or, or France or, or Italy, you do additional evidence development. Otherwise, we're not going to get access to the medicine. And if we are, it will take a long, long time. And also to push academic researchers to contribute to generating country-specific evidence to help reduce the uncertainties, to help with the generalizability to the UK population of a regulatory study designed in the US for the FDA. So there's so much more that patient organizations need to be doing and patient advocacy needs to be doing to think about what their contribution is to HTA and to NICE appraisals as specifically, because unless we're influencing the, the research inputs into the appraisal process, the processes could be perfect and it's not going to be enough to ensure access and outcomes for patients. So I think there's a lot of work to do. And I think if there were areas of the ICE methods review and other things that are coming through, like the ILAP and the rare disease framework and the NHS England commercial framework, it doesn't do enough for me to signal to researchers and suppliers of evidence that you need to up your game. We need better research inputs into the system. Let NICE do their bit. And then somehow we need to refine these to make sure that we've got state-of-the-art treatment pathways and not consequential treatment pathways in the real world. And it should be patients and patient groups that should be driving that systems change. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. We hope you found it interesting and useful. If you'd like to take part in the consultation, you can do so by following the link in the episode description or via the NICE website at nice.org.uk. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, hit the subscribe button now to get every future episode. And please recommend us to a friend or colleague. You'll find us on social media too. Search at NICECOMS. Join us again next month for another episode. Thank you and goodbye.